know there is so much power inside of you, you have the power to make an impact on the planet and the people around you just by believing in yourself. You get to decide how today, this year, this life is going to go. Are you feeding your old bad habits or are you feeding your power? What's up, big dreamers? Your lady vitamin Katie is here and you are listening to my Feed Your Power podcast. I am a vegan registered dietitian and fitness instructor and my mission is to empower you to feel confident and excited about your health and your life. I know we're about to have so much fun together, so thank you for pressing play and let's begin. Hey, how's it going, Big Dream Muzz? Your lady, Vitamin Katie, is here. I am your plant-based registered dietitian, food freedom and body image coach, and fitness instructor. If you would like to get confident, healthy, free, fit and strong with a plant-based diet, I would love to help you with one-on-one consultations or if you're interested in the Toned in 10 program, that's a two-week virtual fitness program. This includes meal plans and accountability via text and voice memo and such an incredible community community with live fitness classes and cook-alongs and vegan product vegan products that you get to try. If you're interested in this, go ahead and apply below. You can register for the Toned in 10 and there's an application below to work together one-on-one. Today's chat is going to be about protein, busting soy myths, and improving your fitness with nitrates from things like beets and arugula. So let's dive into the research, all right? First of all, protein. I get so many questions every single day about, am I getting enough protein? How much protein do I need? Don't you need to combine essential amino acids at every meal? And let me answer this for you. It is a lot easier than you might think to meet your protein needs and exceed your protein needs with a whole foods, plant-based, healthy diet. For real, it's super, super easy even to build muscle. With this, let me go over some research. So I pulled up on my laptop here, a systematic review, meta-analysis, and meta-regression of the effect of protein supplementation on resistance training-induced gains in muscle mass and strength in healthy adults. So what this is, is they went over about 50 different studies. This included 1,863 participants. So they put together all this different research and compared it and and saw what they found with different amounts of protein being taken in and how that affected muscle gain. And the conclusion of this was, with protein supplementation, protein intakes at amounts greater than about 1.6 grams per kilograms per day do not further contribute to resistance training induced gains in fat free mass. So what that means is that any amount of protein above about 1.6 grams per kilogram per body weight, it didn't have any beneficial effect. So 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight is the absolute maximum, absolute upper limit that you're going to see any benefit, which is so surprising. I know a lot of people, I used to personal train, I know bodybuilders, and they would say, make sure to eat at least one pound, excuse me, one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, That's a lot, that's about uh, 2.2 grams per kilogram of body weight. That's way more than 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight, like they saw comparing about 50 different studies and what they found. So 1.6 grams per kilograms of body weight, thinking of that being the absolute
absolute upper limit. My recommendation for you, if you're looking to build muscle, if you are an athlete, if you're looking to get strong, 1.2 to 1.4 grams per kilogram of body weight is what I'm going to go ahead and recommend. And the upper limit, if you want to calculate that, is the 1.6 grams per kilogram of body weight that you're going to see any results. And this makes sense because our bodies can only really metabolize so much protein at once and too much protein has been shown to increase our cancer risk. We don't want to be exacerbating insulin-like growth factor 1 or IGF-1. This growth factor is what leads to cancer growth. It leads to angiogenesis, aka blood vessel genesis, aka making new blood vessels that could lead to um, growth of tumors and growth of things that we don't want. Yes, we want muscle growth, but we don't want an overflow of growth. Also, too much protein, this can lead to kidney damage because in order to metabolize our protein, did you know that to metabolize an amino acid, you have to remove a nitrogen, you have to remove that amino group to create some energy from it into the form of carbohydrate. Our body does not like to use protein for energy. Our body uses carbohydrates and fats, mostly carbohydrates for energy. So when we're eating mostly protein and using protein for energy, that's doing a toll on our kidneys because our kidneys are filtering out all this excess nitrogen. and you know, you might lead to uh, kidney cancer, kidney disease down the road. So it's gonna be really important that we're not overdoing it with the protein, right? And also, we can only metabolize so much at once. Our protein gets broken down in our stomachs by HCL, hydrochloric acid. And if we're taking in more than about 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal, it's just gonna, you might get diarrhea, you might get stomach ache, you um, might see it on the other end, you might not absorb it because it's just too much protein at once, all right? so. Of course, everybody is different with this as far as how tall you are, are you an athlete, how active are you, how hungry are you, but in general, it's going to be a good idea to space out your protein intake to make sure it's best absorbed, okay? And we're going to be talking about that um, in a little bit as far as, okay, what foods are best to get in my protein and how much protein do I specifically need? Everybody whip out your calculators right now. I'm going to get my calculator out. Let's actually do this calculation. So for a female like me, I'm about five foot six and I weigh about 135 pounds. So I'm gonna do 135 divided by, in my calculator, divided by 2.2, oops, 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 135 divided by 2.2 equals, that's my weight in kilograms. So first you have to convert your weight to your weight in kilograms. And if you're somebody who you're like, I don't like the scale, I don't wanna weigh myself, I don't, no, 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 this is triggering for me, this is an opportunity. Anything can be seen as triggering or it can be seen as, oh, okay, cool, that's how much I weigh. We get to create whatever meaning we want. We get to respond however we want. This life is 90% how we react, right? And 10% what happens, 90% how we react. So whether that be we're trying on new clothes or we're looking at our weight, we could say, okay, cool, this is my size. Okay, cool, this is how much I weigh. I'm gonna use this to make sure I'm getting enough protein needs or we could create a whole story around it and create meaning behind that. And if you are creating meaning that your weight or your size or anything like that is negative, I invite you to allow this to be an opportunity to practice compassion, an opportunity to practice empathy and to be aware that our thoughts and feelings are gonna flow through us. We cannot control every single thought, every single feeling that comes up, but we can practice being the witness. We can practice being 
that that observes and that is aware of these thoughts and notice it how we can internally cuddle those thoughts that are coming up so I really like to, when I, you know, I'm using my weight, I'm going to say to myself, okay, cool, this is how much I weigh, I'm really excited to use it to make sure I'm getting enough protein and feel strong and healthy and take care of myself, okay? So that's my empowered perspective and I hope that you can feel empowered around um, figuring out what your weight is also. And if you want to throw the weight of the scale and you don't really care, go ahead and estimate. Um, that also works, okay? But it's nice to get a legit number. So that's our weight in kilograms is your weight divided by 2.2 equals your weight in kilograms and then let's find this range so I'm gonna do times 1.2 on the lower end for building muscle and for me that's about 74 grams of protein on the lower end and I'm gonna do it again 135 divided by 2.2 equals and then I'm gonna multiply on the upper end times 1.4 equals 86 so about 75 to 85 grams of protein is going to be plenty for me for muscle gains. And if I really wanted to see the upper, upper limit that I don't want to go over, I'm going to do my weight in kilograms, my weight in pounds divided by 2.2, multiplied by 1.6. I don't want to exceed this number. That's 98 grams of protein. All right. That's plenty and you know what's crazy is that for a long time I was getting way more than this by accident <laughs> so let's go over the different sources of protein and making sure that you're getting in um, not too much and that you're getting in enough okay so right here I'm pulling up a list of all the different foods that I like to eat that include a lot of protein so for example, a half of a block of tofu is 22.7 grams of protein. It's about 23 grams of protein in just half a block of tofu. That's about as much protein in uh, four ounces of chicken, which is incredible. And it's a great source of antioxidants. And I'll be going over soy in a minute after I talk about this, but um, that's a lot of protein. So a third of a block of tempeh, 16 grams of protein. Just one quarter cup of peanuts is 10 and a half grams of protein. That's more protein than an egg in just a quarter cup of peanuts. Also three tablespoons of hemp seeds. I love hemp seeds. Hemp seeds are an incredible source of lots of minerals as well as omega-3 fatty acids that are so essential for building our heart healthy fats. The DHA and EPA, those are the brain healthy fats as well, super anti-inflammatory. Um, really important, get in your hemp seeds, all right? <laughs> all you need is three tablespoons a day. Also one cup of peas, I love peas. Um, all you need is um, one cup and that's 8.2 grams of protein. Let's see what else. We got seitan. So obviously if you are gluten intolerant or wheat intolerant, you don't want to be eating seitan. Seitan is vital wheat gluten. That's 18 grams of protein. I love seitan. Um, just one cup of rice is five and a half grams of protein. A half of a cup of oatmeal is five grams of protein. Um, one cup of kale, about four grams of protein. So as you can see, there's so much protein in all of these simple foods. And I haven't even mentioned products like um, there's lentil pastas out there, bonza pasta that has pea protein in there, protein powders, um, soy milk, and lots of different, there's lots of different cereals out there that are um, boosted with pro more protein powder and things like that. And I love like the tofurkey deli slices and garden chicken. And <laughs> there's so many products out there to play with and to try that are really a good sources of protein so you don't need to worry about it and i actually did calculate for myself like on an average day um and then i realized wow i'm taking in way too much protein as you saw my upper limit is like 98 grams of protein that's my 1.6 that's more than enough for me 
if I had for breakfast, if I had oatmeal with protein powder and hemp seeds, that in reasonable amounts, that's 25 grams of protein in that breakfast. Lunch, if I had tofu with rice, broccoli, and pumpkin seeds, that's 44 grams of protein for lunch, which is a lot. Dinner, if I had a reasonable amount, just two ounces of seitan, plus about a half a cup of quinoa, some mushrooms, and walnuts, that's 35 grams of protein. So that's already plenty, that 25 grams for breakfast, 44 grams for lunch, and 35 grams for dinner. And for a snack, I love um, my favorite bars, my favorite power bars, the red bars. They're adaptogenic protein, plant-based protein bars, and they taste like candy bars are amazing. Um, they're, that's a 10 more grams of protein for a snack. And that's a total of 114 grams of protein. 114 grams of protein in those three meals easily, plus the protein bar for a snack, plus the power bar for a snack. And um, that 10 grams of protein, that could have been three extra tablespoons of hemp seeds. And did you know that nutritional yeast, just one tablespoon of nutritional yeast is like five grams of protein. So it's so easy to meet your protein needs. Like so, so, so easy. One cup of quinoa is eight grams of protein. Um, so I accidentally, more than enough protein. Um, also want to throw it out there that of course we want to make sure that our plant-based meals are balanced and we want to include, yes, a source of um, protein a source of carbohydrate and there's three subgroups of carbohydrate that I recommend we've got whole grains vegetables and fruits those three very important to include and then the last food group is going to be healthy fats and that includes hemp seeds avocado you only need a little bit of healthy fats you don't want to make a whole meal out of just eating walnuts right that's going to be a lot of fat a lot of calories so making sure we're mostly those three carbohydrate um, the vegetables fruits and whole grains and then yeah this is kind of a shade of gray too because like i said lots of grains lots of vegetables are great sources of protein so i'm just pointing this out because when people go plant-based and they're like oh yay i'm going to have um, some pasta and they just put white pasta with some marinara that's not going to cut it if you're looking to build muscle you can't just be having um, no veggies in there no source of protein in there so making sure that these things are whole grain and that you're adding things to it like maybe trying a lentil pasta adding some veggies to it having some fruit for dessert um, making sure that you are incorporating these different food groups to get a variety get your needs met get those antioxidants and really get all the benefits from a healthy balanced plant-based diet and now let's dive into the great soy debate a lot of people ask me questions they're like Katie I don't know about my thyroid health I don't want to get man boobs I don't want to um, eat anything genetically modified so uh, people are really concerned about soy and I have here in my hands I have the Journal of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that went over um, a bunch of research around soy and I'm so excited to read to you the research that goes over all of the benefits to soy. So first of all, soy and breast cancer survivors. A lot of people think that soy, it leads to excess estrogen. It leads to excess hormones in the body when studies have shown that it actually does the exact opposite. Phytoestrogens help to remove excess estrogen. So things like breast cancer, endometriosis, PCOS, these things that are exacerbated by excess estrogen that can be from things like um, parabens, PCBs, um, lots of animal foods, dairy products, things that lead to increased estrogen in the body. Having soy can help to remove that and balance out our hormones and really reduce our risk of breast cancer, endometriosis, PCOS, and other um, excess estrogen related diseases. 
So, um, according to the journal, the position of the academy excuse me, the position of the American Cancer Society, the American Institute for Cancer Research, and the World Cancer Fund International is that breast cancer survivors can safely consume soy foods. In fact, the World Cancer Fund International concluded that post-diagnosis, soy intake may improve the survival of breast cancer patients. And this conclusion is consistent with the epidemiological data. Um, also, da, 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 there's research showing that in meta-analyses from five prospective studies, they found that among over 11,000 women with breast cancer, soy intake reduced recurrence and mortality by a statistically significant 26% and 16%. So this is incredible. Soy intake can decrease your cancer risk by about a quarter. Like, that's huge. Also, the European Food Safety Authority, EFSA, which is now, it's the same thing as the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, concluded that soy isoflavones do not adversely affect breast tissue. So what they're saying is that, oh my gosh, breast cancer people, eat your soy, <laughs> eat your tofu, eat your tempeh, soy milk, it's fantastic. Obviously, you don't want to just be eating straight soy isolate protein powders all day. You don't want to be eating like hella processed foods and all you eat is soy, 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 that's all I eat. No, we want to have reasonable amounts. And when it comes to soy, make sure it's organic. Ideally, it's fermented in the form of tempeh or tofu or miso. In Japan, where they eat a lot of soy foods, it's not soy milk and tofurkey. It's fermented in the form of tempeh or tofu, right? And that's going to be easier to digest as well. So make sure um, ideally fermented, ideally organic, and yeah, it's a lot better for us than dairy products and meat products that actually do have mammalian estrogens in them that are going to exacerbate hormone issues, all right? And I know there's a lot of men out there that are like, all right, Katie, cool as far as breast cancer, but hey, I'm a dude and I don't want to get man boobs and i get that but one second i actually want to read one more thing about the breast cancer um in a in the largest prospective study in the um meta-analyses that i mentioned earlier that involved there was one that involved over 5,000 survivors this found that consuming even 25 grams of soap soy protein per day was associated with reduced breast cancer recurrence and mortality so there you go make sure to eat your soy. We're not going to be afraid of soy. And my men out there, a systematic review and meta-analysis that included 15 placebo-controlled treatment groups with baseline and ending measures and an additional um, 32 reports involving 36 treatment groups found no effects of soy protein or isoflavin, isoflavin intake on testosterone, sex hormone bind, bind why, why can I speak? Sex hormone binding globulin, free testosterone, or the free androgen index. So basically this is saying, um, looking at the gold standard of placebo controlled trials, um, looking at 15 different ones and a bunch of different treatment groups, they found that there was no effect on testosterone, on these hormones, and soy protein intake, all right? 
Um, this also is concluding, uh, da, da, da. meta-analysis found that soy protein supplementation produces similar gains in strength and lean body mass in response to resistance exercise training as animal protein, including whey protein. So head-to-head, -head, soy protein isolate versus whey protein isolate, they both are exactly the same when it comes to muscle gains. So when it comes to improving our health, improving the environment, and improving our antioxidants in our body, making sure we're not contributing to more forest fires in Brazil did you know that they're they burn down um, a lot of a lot of land to make way for livestock to make way for dairy cows to make way for animal agriculture and we don't have to contribute to that we can utilize soy and, and not have man boobs okay um, so please relax around that my men and then as far as uh, thyroid function goes, I know that people are afraid of soy if they have thyroid situations because soy is considered a goitrogen. So if you have hypothyroid, I highly recommend that you make sure you're having iodized salt. Adding iodized salt to your food, um, about a half of a teaspoon to your meals or a quarter teaspoon to your meals doesn't take much. Iodine is a trace mineral. You don't need a lot of it, but iodine is food for our thyroid. It's what helps produce our T3 hormones. And when we have low T3 hormones, that's when we develop hypothyroidism. All right. So also thyroid issues are going to come up when we're really stressed out, when we're not getting enough sleep and when we're not in balance in other areas of our life. Mindset and connection and holistic health is extremely important. Thyroid, it it's the king of metabolism okay and we of course want to be um, really cognizant of what we're taking in if we do have serious thyroid issues however soy is not unhealthy for our thyroid what's a bigger issue is if you're not taking in enough iodine okay so I'm gonna read this to you in 2006 a comprehensive narrative review that included 14 clinical trials found the totality of the evidence showed that neither soy foods nor isoflavones adversely affect thyroid function in euthyroid men or women. Studies published since this review, which include two that were three years in duration, are supportive of this finding. Um, da, 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 concluded that isoflavin supplements do not affect thyroid function in postmenopausal women, a, a position consistent with the permanent Senate Commission on Food Safety of the German Research Foundation and the FDA. Uh, da, 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 soy foods. Okay, so one issue is that um, levothyroxine, that is the hypothyroid uh, medication, that can be malabsorbed when we eat soy foods as well. So if you have hypothyroidism, um, taking in soy foods can prevent absorption of your medication. So that's also something to look into and be aware of. Last thing I'm really excited about sharing about soy foods is um, gut health. So did you know that our gut is extremely powerful if you don't already know that newsflash um 90 what is it 80 to 90 percent of our serotonin our feel good happy neurotransmitter gets produced in our gut yes the gut is our second brain a lot happens in our gut too with c-reactive protein and our inflammation and our immunities all starts in the gut and our microbiome is so important to take care of and that's why we want to be eating a plant-based diet that's rich in different types of fiber because fiber is what feeds our 
our microbiota. It's what feeds our good gut bacteria. If we're having poor digestion, we're probably not feeling good. Our immune system is probably shitty. Excuse my French. And um, I'm excited to share with you about soy. So much of the carbohydrate in soybeans is comprised of oligosaccharides, such as raffinose, but especially stachios. <laughs> These sugars are largely non-digestible in the gut due to the absence of alpha-galactosidase. That's an enzyme, alpha-galactosidase, I don't know if I'm saying that right, in the human intestinal mucosa. mucosa. The soybean oligosaccharides are classified as prebiotic, so that means it feeds our good gut bacteria, as they have been shown to increase the growth of bifidobacteria. Have you heard of bifidobacteria? It is absolute magic. So members of the genius bifidobacterium are generally viewed as being advantages to the host. So bifidobacteria has been shown to really, really help with our immunity and lots of other things. We want to increase the bifidobacteria in our gut, and it's, studies have shown that soy helps to do that. So there's lots of reason to include more soy foods in our life. And last thing I want to mention with this episode is nitrates and beets. So did you know that if you want to improve your endurance, your athleticism, it's going to be so important to eat plant-based foods for lots of reasons. And one reason is to increase the nitric oxide in your system. Before I get into this, I want to make sure that you are not using antibacterial mouthwash. So antibacterial mouthwash, it kills the bacteria in our mouth. And as you know, bacteria is so important to have in our gut and our gut starts in our mouth. This is an open hole from our mouth to our butthole. This is open and we don't want to have antibacterial anything in our mouth especially for nitric oxide production because the nitrates in vegetables get converted to nitric oxide through the bacteria in our saliva all right so throw out your antibacterial mouthwash right now it is a waste you do not want that in your household and did you know that nitroglycerin drugs nitroglycerin tries to mimic what nitric oxide from beets does and this um did you know that viagra is a nitroglycerin drug viagra that improves the blood flow to the penis is looking to act like beets <laughs> it's looking to act like arugula through this nitric oxide production to help vasodilate our blood vessels and this can be shown in, in high altitude studies where there's minimal oxygen so did you know consumption of organic nitrate rich beet juice restored reduced blood vessel function at high altitude in a randomized double-blind crossover study design flow mediated dilation or FMD was measured three hours after drinking beet juice and what was concluded was that acute dietary nitrate supplementation from the beets may abolish altitude induced reduction in endothelial function which is our like blood vessel function and can serve as a dietary strategy to ensure peripheral vascular function in lowland subjects entering high altitude environments. So where there's low oxygen, we can take in beet juice to help us utilize that oxygen more readily, all right? And when it comes to endurance athletes, after consuming beet juice, the same amount of work required 19% less oxygen, just like in altitude with less oxygen. In endurance athletes, the same amount of work, they didn't need to breathe as much because they had this beet juice that, and they, did, they were not using antibacterial mouthwash. When intensity increased, time to exhaustion was, in, was extended from nine minutes and 43 seconds to 11 minutes and 15 seconds. So they lasted longer in their endurance events. 
In a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover study, eight men consumed 500 milligrams per day of either beetroot containing um, nitrate or a black currant drink as a placebo with little nitrate for six consecutive days and completed a series of step moderate intensity and severe intensity exercise um, on the last three days. And they concluded that the gain of the increase in pulmonary oxygen uptake following the onset of moderate exercise was reduced by 19% in the beetroot condition. So making sure we're having sources of nitrates in our diet is gonna really, really help with our blood flow, with our blood pressure, with our athleticism and our endurance. And how much do you need? Aim to consume about three to six milligrams of nitrate per pound of body weight. So what does that look like? So this gets a little confusing, but in arugula, two cups of arugula is 192 milligrams of nitrate, all right? Um, beets, a half of a cup of sliced beets is 94 milligrams of nitrate. So that's just half a cup of sliced beets. So one cup is twice that much. So um, arugula, Swiss chard, spinach, cilantro, potatoes, broccoli, these are all great. Butterleaf lettuce, butter, two cups of shredded butterleaf lettuce is 220 milligrams of nitrate, all right? Blood concentration peaks after about an hour of consuming nitrates, and it may take several days to see significant effects. Benefits of blood flow for improving heart health and decreasing risk of chronic disease. Yes, yes, yes. And of course, like I said, let me say it again, stop it with the antibacterial mouthwash. That's going to make negate any benefit that you could be getting because converting the nitrates in the beet into nitric oxide that helps to vasodilate our blood vessels and act like Viagra and really open us up and utilize that oxygen, that our oxygen is so, so, so important to really have energy in this life. Stop it with the antibacterial mouthwash, all right? So get excited, calculate your protein needs, Feel really confident about meeting those needs with a plant-based diet and all the different veggies and products and things to try. And include those soy foods. Gotta love your soy milk, gotta love your tofu. Make sure it's organic. Make sure that you're including some fermented in there. And lastly, have fun supplementing with um, adding beets to your life, adding arugula, and you're gonna feel amazing, okay? I really hope this helps. Let me know what questions you have below. Take a deep breath. <sighs> Give yourself a hand for making it through this nerdy AF podcast slash video, and I will catch you on the next one. Let me know how I can help, all right? Thank you for dedicating time to improve your health and your life by listening to this podcast. If you are interested in holistic health and nutritional counseling or in my vegan fitness program, click the link in my bio to apply. Don't forget to screenshot this and tag me at vitamin.katie on your Instagram story, subscribe to this podcast, and leave a review to get this message out there to help more people. Thanks again so much for listening and have a beautiful, wonderful, incredible life. Much love to you. Bye.